Welcome to the Leadership Window Podcast with Patrick Jinks. Each week, through a social sector lens, Patrick interviews leaders and experts and puts us in touch with trends and tips for leading effectively. Patrick is an LSI certified leadership coach, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, a best-selling author, award-winning photographer, and professional speaker. And now, here's Patrick. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 42 of the Leadership Window podcast. Um, this is another, this, this uh, episode today is another one of our milestone episodes, particularly for our guest. I'm not going to give any more of that away, but he doesn't even know why it's a milestone, but he's about to find out. Um, welcome to the show. We are 42 episodes into a show that we started back in October. So this is really cool. We're having tons of fun. Um, today we're going to talk with Ron Harvey. And if you've been a follower of this podcast, you've heard Ron before Ron was here, uh, early on when we first launched the show. And, um, that has a little bit of something to do with the milestone that we're going to talk about in a minute. Before we do, uh, let me at the front of this program, always thank our sponsored leadership systems incorporated or LSI. Uh, Dr. Jim Smith is my coach, my mentor, my trainer, my certifier, uh, just an amazing leader, a 30 year coach and trainer for the Center of, for Creative Leadership and a founder of LSI back in 1992. Um, I've talked to a few people lately who are interested in coaching certification, leadership coaching certification. And LSI is a fantastic place to look into that because you can start with their introductory training, which counts toward the certification. And if you decide you don't want to go any further, you still got a fantastic introduction to coaching at really affordable prices, probably a fraction of what you'd pay at the Center for Creative Leadership. Uh, but the same, the same world-class caliber stuff. And that's no slam on, I'm not trying to slam CCL or anything, but Jim's able to do that with LSI. And in particular, listeners to this podcast get special rates. So uh, Michael Wallace at LSI is going to tell us a little bit more about that. Hey, this is Michael Wallace with Leadership Systems Incorporated. And on behalf of LSI, I want to say thanks for supporting our friend Patrick Jinks and the Leadership Window Podcast. We've been partnering with Patrick for many years, and we are so proud to have him represent us as an LSI certified executive coach. As a mutual friend, we'd like to offer you exclusive rates on some of the same training that Patrick has received over the years, as well as some new experiences that we've been developing. Head over to leadershipsystems.com slash jinx to see the upcoming training events on our calendar and register today to keep learning and growing. Again, that's leadershipsystems.com slash jinx, J-I-N-K-S, for exclusive pricing on LSI's virtual and in-person training events. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and the reason I, I like this whole idea of them offering things for our listeners is because you can go through those trainings just to learn how to be a better coach as a manager and leader. You don't have to be interested in launching your own coaching business and being a professional executive coach. Coaching, in my estimation, is a manager's number one tool in leadership. And so um, just be, just sharpening that saw and uh, getting better at it, LSI, I can't think of a better place to go do it. So we appreciate them. Ron Harvey. Ron's on our advisory board and uh, is the president and founder of Global Core Strategies and Consulting here in my home city of Columbia, South Carolina. Actually, I'm in Irmo, but nobody knows where Irmo is, so I say Columbia. And um, Ron has um, Ron and I have been connected now for a number of years, and he was the first in-studio guest on yeah. this show. And now... He's another first. He is our first bring back guest. <laughs> yes. Our first repeat guest. And we told him in the beginning, you're coming back on this show. And actually, Ron, I haven't told you this, but I'm thinking you need to do this about like that. You need to be like maybe a regular, you know, a, a pretty frequent guest on the show. And I don't know, maybe, maybe guest host or something. Because I love our conversations. And um, I will tell you, your episode is one of those that uh, many people have said, man, that was like my favorite. Yes. Um, a lot of people really love my son, by the way, 
uh, d- directly said, uh, yeah, I've been listening to some of the episodes. They're really great. The one I think I really love is the, uh, what's his name? The Ron, somebody, Ron. Yeah, that was really good. So, uh, welcome back, man. Thanks for being here as always. Good. I, I appreciate the friendship, Patrick. I appreciate the relationship that we've built over time. And so it's an honor to really come back and support what you're doing and add value. So whatever it takes to, to continue to do what you and I do together, um, I'm happy to come back and be a guest on your show. I have just as much fun as you have with this. And, and hopefully you add as much value as, as people are saying we do. Um, everything I do is about making a difference for other people. Yeah. Well, it ought to be. Yes. I mean, that, that ought to be because it, for a leader, it's always on. It's not just when it's work time, when yes. you're, when you're on the stage or, or at the desk or whatever, whatever metaphor for leadership you want to use. It's, it's pretty much making a difference for people all the time. Yes. Yes. So it's an honor, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to today. I, I don't know what, what you have in store for me, but I'm I don't ready either. For it. <laughs> I don't either. I will tell our listeners. So mo- usually uh, for, for every guest we have, I do a, a, a little one page guest guide and yeah. you got one the first time, yeah. right? And it had this nice branded, you know, leadership window thing on it and here are some of the questions i'm going to ask you send me some questions in advance you want to talk about because you know it's fair to have our guests be prepared for like what's this about you know what do i need to be prepared for because i want you know the guests to to shine and it's about them uh and we didn't do that this time yes i just said ron when are you free come over let's do another podcast together we'll just sit and talk and kind of laugh and talk about leadership and what we're working on together and we'll let people listen in if they're so inclined and maybe at four in the morning for those people that can't sleep, they can just tune into this podcast. Yes. It gives them something to do. Yes. Yes. And it'll be a great show um, (laughs) because it allows us to just be transparent and in the moment of of what's really happening around us. And I think oftentimes we, we tend to want to script everything. Oh, we over-prepare. Yeah. And and do they get the real us? And so I think sometimes you just, just show up for who you are and where you are and enjoy that moment. See, we're already in it. Like there's a, (laughs) there's a nugget right there. I swear, Ron, everything you say is like this nugget. You're giving me like, uh, ideas for, uh, for a next one of my video episodes. We do, we over-prepare some, I don't know if you know him, the, the, um, he's, he was a guest a few weeks ago, actually on the show. Monroe free is the CEO of the habitat for humanity in Greenville. And he told me a couple of years ago, uh, we were sitting at lunch at the capital city club and he said, Patrick, I, you know, you love what you're doing. He goes, I, I, I hope, and I think you're one of those coaches or consultants that you have a system, but you don't rely so heavily on it that it feels canned and scripted every time you do it. Yes. I think you lose, lose the ability. I think preparation is important for those that are listening, but also thinking having the ability and the capacity to be in the moment mm-hmm. is just as important because something about being authentic and being transparent and being a human that, that doesn't have a, a specific script sometimes. All right, hold on. Let's talk about this a second because, so, you know, I'm thinking about a lot of what we do is performance, yes. right? I mean, we perform, we're performing right now, yes. really. I mean, yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're, people are listening to us and yes. we're in microphones and we're trying, we're delivering content, whatever that is. So that's a, that's a form of performance or when we're facilitating or training or speaking or whatever it is. You ever watch a stand up comedian multiple shows? Yes. It is the exact same show. Yes. But the ones who are the most skilled pull it off and it feels original and authentic and off the cuff. Yes. I'm talking about every little expression. Yes. If they, if they stutter or they you use a certain body language or what, it is exact. They, they rehearse literally every single expression that they make, but it comes off as authentic. And I'm yeah. thinking, okay, there's, but there is value. And sometimes we do have to do that as leaders, right? Yes. We have to have a sort of this template that we have to live in it and be authentic in it, but it's a consistency of brand and presentation. And, yeah. and yet if I were really a talented stand up comedian, I could walk onto a stage and just, and be different every night and just be funny. Yes. I think it, it does require practice and rehearsal but life doesn't always deliver what you expect. Mm-hmm. And so when you fall into that position, what do you have enough of internally to still meet the needs of the person yeah. that's asking you for it? Yeah. And so I think there's, there's this thing of, can I show up 
and be able to still be authentic, still give something of great value, still do something with great content, still be authentic to who I am and authentic to the show and the purpose. And it's not scripted. Yeah. Because most leaders, when you, when you watch them in action, if they get thrown a curveball, it sets them back a couple of steps. Yeah. And people want to see, can you just be you? I mean, so most rooms I walk in, I don't have a script. Um, people say, Hey, Ron is going to be Ron. Um, he doesn't have a script. And if you give him a script, He's going to put a couple of bullets next to it and he's just going to be a human being. Mm -hmm. Everything that I have written down is internal. Yeah. But if I want to hand it off to someone else to prep them and, and resource them properly, I'm going to help them develop a script for them to be themselves. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. right because the situation is not always going to, we can't, we can't control the environment. It's like when a quarterback goes to the line, they've, they've called a play, but when they go to the line and they notice that the defense is in a nickel defense rather than, you know, whatever, they do what's called calling an audible and they'll stand there on the line. They'll change way. Hey, we got to change the play. Yes. Um, yes. And that's a quarterback being, being who he is, but you, you can't always count on uh, what's coming at you. Well, think about where we are today as a society. COVID has caused all of us to, to go off script, to go off script. <laughs> Nobody could have predicted that a year and a half later, we're still trying to figure out what it, there is no script for COVID. Right. There, there's not in our lifetime. There's and, and we hopefully not in our lifetime. We will have to have this. Play out need again. one. <laughs> but but COVID caused all of us to realize that you don't have to have all the answers and still be looked at as as a really solid leader. What people needed then was your presence um, for you. So the important part was how do I make sure that people see me and know that I'm human? So oftentimes I do have scripts for a lot of things. Mm hmm. I do have things in place that says, here's where you should be. Here's what you should be doing. Here's a strategy. Here's a plan. I mean, I'm a leadership guru. I'm going to have plans for things, but I'm also very comfortable say, Hey, what you're saying is not here. And I say that internally, here's how I will address that. Cause I get a lot of questions asked that has nothing to do with anything I've learned in school. Yeah. What's the, what's the Eisenhower quote? Pl plan plan plans are useless but planning is everything yes <laughs> something like that yes yeah yes i embrace i i honestly embrace for things to go off course mm -hmm. not only i expect it to happen but i embrace it when it does happen like well i wasn't really expecting that but in real time here's what i'm thinking mm -hmm. here's here's what i think is going to be a, a great course of what i would really do so in coaching every one of my coaching clients there's not a script matter of fact my the people i'm coaching write down more than i ever write down doing coaching mm-hmm because it's their project, it's their process, it's, it's what they have for their intellectual ability to Right. I just listen to what they're saying and say, what should I be asking based on what I'm hearing? Not what I should be asking based on what I read. Yeah. When we go through uh, coaching training at LSI, Jim, Jim will also <laughs> often catch us. We'll, we'll do some role play. You and I will be in a room. We're, we're coaching each other. I'm the coach and, and you're, you're telling me your issue and I'm giving you all these tools and advice and things. And I'm just, I'm going at it. And Jim will put up a timeout sign yeah. and say, pause just a minute. Who's doing the work here? Yes. And we'll just go, uh, the coach. He goes, who's supposed to be doing the work? Uh, the coach E. Yes. All right. Let's see if we can flip that. Yes. Uh, Which is important because you get caught up for me. How do I create space for other people to be brilliant? And I don't do that by telling them a bunch of stuff. I actually do that by saying, hey, have you considered this? Or what other options have you considered when dealing with this? These Whatever that is they may be dealing with. So if it's dealing with COVID mm. and how does a business survive? I just ask some basic questions. What is it that the business owners are asking you? Mm -hmm. What is it that you're noticing that they're not being able to get done? Yeah. Where's the biggest impact happening that we can make a difference in? And so I literally go into, and I don't have the answers for most questions I ask doing coaching. I don't have the answer to. And they often don't either off the top of their head, which is another thing that Jim teaches us is that <laughs> silence is golden. Yes. I'll ask boards sometimes at the beginning of a strategic planning session at these, you know, these retreats you go to, right? Do you yes. spend a day and build a strategic plan? And sometimes the first question I'll ask them is what are the big strategic questions that you come into this room with? In silence. Yeah. Just like this. And my temptation is to rephrase the question for them. Cause I think that he can get it. Yes. You know, <laughs> and I have to resist that temptation because the wheels are turning. And when, and if they have this, you know, doing a headlight look, this, Oh heck look <laughs> yes. on their face. Oh, Oh, Oh crap. Yes. Uh, then I've, I've landed. Yeah. I've I, landed it. And I think you just gave, gave everyone a, a nugget. That's to really listen to this is, is that awkward silence can mm -hmm. be an opportunity to allow people to process 
and do something that we're looking for as leaders when we're hiring people. We've lost the art of critical thinking. Yep. Yeah. Can I create space for the critical thinking to take place without me feeling awkward that I got to rescue? Because often we want to rescue. Do you know what I think is like that? This is crazy. I'm really going off. I'm really talking about going <laughs> off script. I think music is like that today. Yes. I don't think it's near creative as it used to be. There's just something. It's everything's everything is in, in this template. It all sounds the same to me anymore. It's yes. like, I mean, with a few exceptions, you have your amazing voices, right? Yes. Or, or amazing musicians. Sometimes you got to go into the obscure places to find those. Yes. Because in the mainstream, it's just same old, same. Yes. It's like we've gotten, it's almost like we've gotten lazy. The technology does the music for us. Yes. It even yes. tunes our voice for it. Like yes. we don't even have to be able to sing in tune anymore. Yes. <laughs> but I think, I, so what I'm saying is, I don't, I don't know that that's so much a leadership thing as just a, the human condition. It, it's a, it's a cultural thing we're dealing with right now. Don't you think that thing, thing technology is fantastic. It's wonderful. Um, but it, it, it can make us lazy if we're not careful. Yeah. And, 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 and the way that it plays out for, for leadership is when you're in organizations, leaders are struggling with when you give a, a, an employee or someone that's reporting to you a task because we've been so conditioned to the answers being handed to us. We don't think outside of the box. We can't think about what are the other solutions to what is a, so critical thinking has dropped drastically. Yeah. Most employers say, I, I kind of got to tell them everything to do, and, and then they just respond to it. And so I, I want somebody that's a critical thinker. So anybody that, that's in school or in education, if you can develop that, you know, you do a phenomenal job of just asking a lot of questions. What's the next question? What's the next mm -hmm. question? What question should I be asking? Because it causes us to be more critical in how we're seeing it. There yeah. are t I mean, if you ask questions, if you really want to change an organization, ask a lot of questions. Yeah. I'm, I, I can't, I'm trying to remember now who it was. One of our texts for the, for the schoolwork <laughs> I'm in right now uh, was talking about delegation and how when you delegate. Now, I've, I've said for years, delegate opportunity, not task. Yeah. And it's a whole, like, yeah. leaders go, ooh, <laughs> wow, yeah. you just blew my mind. Uh, but but the, the reading was, if you're going to delegate something to somebody, you have to delegate all of it. Yes. Which, which includes you decide how this gets done. Yes. And that requires the critical thinking that you're talking about. Absolutely. And so, so I may, I may, I may be repeating what you yeah. just said, but in a different way that the, um, the idea that we would delegate, but then tell them how to do it. Just you, we've, we have not, we have not led them no. effectively in that case. Yeah. And you haven't delegated because if, if you're going to delegate, you're empowering them to come with all of the solutions, all the thought process, all the procedures, and they're responsible for the results. Now you're accountable. Mm. I got it. Yeah. But you really empower them to say, I want you to, to, to go in a direction, but I'm here if you need to come to me, mm. not I'm watching over your shoulder to make sure you don't make the wrong turn. Mm -hmm. I'm really going to empower you. And delegation requires a, a lot of trust and a lot of ability to empower and step back from it. Um, that doesn't mean get out of the car, but that doesn't mean you're driving the car. And yeah. I think people struggle there. Yeah, they do. Uh, I mean, I do. I, I think, I think we all do as leaders because we know what we know. Yes. And we want to, we want to be in that. That's the difficult thing is delegating the things we like. Yes. <laughs> it's easy to delegate, get the stuff off our plate. We don't want yes. like, well, I should delegate more. Um, but it's delegating the things we enjoy doing. We like to do, and that we're good at. How did we get good at them? Someone delegated it to us at yes. some point. Yes. I was listening to a Simon Sinek, uh, speech on YouTube the other day. Um, a client of mine sent it to me and it's from 2017, I think. And he was saying, basically, he'd said it better, but, you know, your job as a leader is not to be successful. Your job is to help other people be successful. Yes. Literally, that is the job. Yes. And um, and it's a whole different mindset when you come at it that way. Uh, what are you working on lately, man? You're all over the place. I know you're kind of my you're one of the reasons I like talking to you is because you give me that sort of, um, for lack of a better word, the corporate side of leadership where I'm I'm focused almost exclusively on the nonprofit yes. side. And I know you do, you work, you've worked with nonprofits before, but you're spending time in business, a lot of time in small business yes. coaching and helping entrepreneurs. And, uh, but you've also taken on some big projects lately <laughs> with some big companies. And you're like one of these, you know, I've arrived leadership people that yes. are doing the big stuff. Uh, what are you working on these days, man? Yeah. And, and, and very kind, I'm still learning Patrick. So even though I'm there, the airplanes in the air, um, the things that we're working on that are that are important for our organization, for me personally, 
it's really making a difference in our community at whatever level that is now. You know, the one thing that I'm always about is leadership development. You know, so in October, I'll do the Live to Lead, which is for a whole community to, to develop leaders in their organization. You know, um, Maxwell rolls out a really good program. I endorse that program because it allows leaders just to show up and, and say, how do I grow? What is it? You know, you get to pause and just take care of you that day. Mm. So we do that in October, which is a huge event. We're in our sixth year of hosting that event. Is it just once a year? Because it seems like it comes around more often than that. Maybe it's because I have several friends who are in the John Maxwell space. Yes. And so there maybe it's regional, but every October it, here in Columbia. Yes. Every October, every, every actually, they do it live out of Atlanta. Um, and so they host it once. The in simulcast. A, yeah. The, they do the real live show. The simulcast. We push the simulcast in Columbia and, and all the other. There are about 360 locations, but it's actually held live out of Atlanta. Okay. And so what you'll see throughout the year is you get to host it multiple times after you do it in October. So you can go in and use the product or the content between October and, and, and February uh, of okay. next year. So you can do it with your clients. You can do it with organizations. You can take it behind closed doors and just make it a private session. But October the 8th is the day that it actually happens. Um, every year it happens like the, that first Friday of October, that second Friday of October, every single year. And then if you're a member of the Maxwell team, you get to use that to build your brand, to build your business, to build up credibility. So I love what Maxwell does. He does what, what we all say we want to do, Patrick, is he develops leaders. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people give you their content and allow you to use it however you wish to, to build your business and build your revenue. So he's not offended at the fact that I go resell that program because, you know, we've invested in it. He said, I want you to go and resell that program. Yeah. I want you to go and use that in your organization. I want you to use that with your clients. You have till February to do it. And he, and he walks you through a program of how to leverage that program throughout the entire year. So we do that every year because it's just been a good opportunity for us to develop our clients. Mm. So mm. we use that content. So um, I've never been to one of those I, no, I take, the, I, I'm, I'm almost positive. I have now that yes. I'm thinking about yes. it. Um, but for our listeners, tell them why would I want to come to a room where I'm watching someone on a screen do, even though it's live, what do you get out of this day to say a little yeah. bit more about the value of the content? Yeah. The value of the content and the experience. Yeah. The, I, I will say the first lead in is the, the value in the content of the speakers that's coming to, to the, to the platform or to the stage in Atlanta that we're looking, you know, from the video screen is the fact that that those speakers are going to pour into you as though you're sitting right in the room with them anyway. And and even though you're looking at the screen, you sometimes think, you know, when I first started it, Patrick, the, the first question, someone said, Ron, why would I do that? I said, do you watch television? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Why do you watch that? Because I, I get a chance to enjoy. I say, so it's a, it's a big television with a lot of other of your best friends. You know, mm -hmm. we bring about 500 people to the event. I say, so you get to watch a television show for half a day with about 500 of your best friends. But it's live and it's, it's not active. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, there, and there are no cut. And so it's really live. But the benefit and the value is first, the people that you're in the room with is huge. The relationships. When you think about our community and how we're how we're doing work within the community as far as relationships, that part of it is what is important for all of us is what where are we building relationships at? And so there's nothing more important right now than having, you know, effective relationships that allow all of us to build, you know, what we want to get from it. And so when we're looking at all of the relationships that we have, the most important value out of it is that you're going to be in a room full, full of people that you can develop a relationship with long term and begin to, to make the community better. And so we spend a lot of time in that space of understanding how do we leverage the community and all the relationships with people. Then the speakers are going to give you real practical things that, and tools and tips that you walk out of the room with that you can use immediately when you walk out of that room. And so that is super important for everything that we've done. The speakers, every year I always say, how do they make this better than they did last year? And they managed to always bring in speakers that's dealing with what whatever may be happening for us as a country or society or in business that they continue to bring to the table that makes the event really, really good every year. And so that's been super helpful for all of us. And so when you think about the value of it, I do it locally because not everybody can travel to Atlanta. And so I make sure that they have an opportunity that they don't want to travel to Atlanta. They can take a whole day off. I want to give them something locally that mm. doesn't require them a, a huge expense. That's awesome. Um, what are you working on in leadership development with the companies that you're working with? Like what, what are people, um, I, I know what the unique challenges and struggles and things are in the nonprofit sector. What's, what's the big hunger right now? What are people needing the most that you're, you're helping them with in leadership? Wow. I mean, there are a couple of things that you and I both are probably experiencing for profit or nonprofit. That's that's everywhere right now. 
And one is trust in, in, in organizations. Mm-hmm. Trust is, is being challenged right now. <laughs> Character is being challenged right now. Um, leaders following through what they say they're going to follow through on DE and I work is, I mean, and people are, are talking a lot of DE and I work. And so that's, that's hot and heavy. So we're getting pulled into a lot of conversations, but I will tell you the thing that, that we're trying to figure out and we get called in more times than not is how to keep our workforce together and show them that we really care about them. Relationships, mm-hmm. relationships, COVID exposed a lot of stuff. I, I, I think two things happened in COVID that start with the E. If you're a great leader, you got elevated. But if you weren't solid, you got exposed. <laughs> yeah, what is it they say? Crisis doesn't build character, <laughs> it reveals it. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I think that's for us as a company, we've been pulled into conversations or invited into conversations to talk about things that have been very difficult for many, many years, but people are willing to have the conversation now. And so people trust us enough. Even our relationship, we get to have real conversations about things you, you and I are both trying to figure out together. Mm-hmm. How, how do we we begin to do what we want to see happen around? You know, so I think that has been huge for us. And I take on a lot of those projects is what what is what is the value to our community? What is the value to your organization and the people that work in it? For me, if if people don't matter, it's not a good client for us. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's great to make revenue. And, and I think everybody deserves to make revenue, not at the expense of people feeling like crap. I mean, that's always been the case. Um, you know, I, 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 I've often lamented the term soft skills um, when you talk about leadership development, because yes. to me, that's not to me. The, what people call the soft skills, you know, the soft skills, the you know, the relationships, <laughs> uh, the emotional intelligence. And the, I'm like, soft skills, that is leadership. Like, that is the work. That's the work. Yes. It's, it's you know, what your business does, the technical side of what your business does, that's, that's different. But it's not any more important than what you call these soft skills. And I think I get, I think I get what they mean by the soft skills. They're not as concrete sometimes, you know, and technical, but you can measure it. They're, I mean, the, they're the core of it. Yeah. I think, I think it's those things that they call soft skills are hard to measure. It's, it's when you look at an organization that's super smart, has talent, have, has a degree. Here's what I've learned. My degree will get me into the room, Patrick, but it will not keep me in the room. Mm-hmm. It's only because of people that I actually get to stay in the room or stay at the table or be successful or, or rise to whatever level of success I want to arrive to. It's not my degree that gets me there. My degree just got me the interview. It got them to say yes, because I had to have some credentialing. But once I got into those organizations and you know, 21 years of military service, it was the people that allowed me to get to whatever level I went to because they, they literally would make me look a lot better than I look quite often and allowed me to cover up some ground that, you know, that sometimes as you get promoted, you get promoted to an extent where you got to grow some more and the expectations you got to learn to reach and, and get to again, because your previous position semi prepared you for it. But then you get thrust into some other stuff that you have to grow some more. And the people around you, if they care about you, won't let you look bad. Do you think the trust issue is more of the national, um, uh, environment right now with, you know, institutions and our, you know, trusting government and all of the, just, it's been a very, it's been a very divisive space or is it more, um, trust is actually breaking down in the, at the local level in the companies. I mean, is our leaders less trustworthy today at the company level, or does it just appear that way because of what we see at a global level? I think it's a combination of both. I, th- I think it is the global level does have an impact on local level. Um, and I think people have lost the art of having authentic relationships. So when, when, and what I mean by that, because you and I can talk about something because we actually trust each other and, and, and it's not like I'm calling you out or you're calling me out. It's like, let's have this real conversation because we trust each other. When trust gets sucked out of anything that we're going to do, it's hard to talk about anything that's difficult to talk about Yeah. because I'm going to advocate for me now and I'm going to protect me and there's some boundaries right. and I'm going to defend a lot of stuff. But if I know you and I can have a conversation and, and I don't walk out of this room or you can bring up something about African-American culture that you want to ask me. Mm-hmm. If, if, I, if you don't trust me, you may not have that conversation because you don't want to be viewed as a racist. That's not in so, today's so time. True. It, so true. So true. So I think trust is the one thing that allows us to cross bridges that 
that are difficult to, to do. And, and we haven't really gotten to, people are less forgiven. No, my, my grandparents would forgive a lot quicker than our generation forgives. They would just got it. Bygones, they can have a fist fight and, and be sitting together and have, today people don't forgive us quickly anymore. And so you gotta be real cautious. You know, you look here in South Carolina, and, and, and it may be too, a little early, but we talk about what happened at USC with the president. I put in my, my call that I do every Monday morning. Should he or shouldn't he have to resign? If so, why? If not, why? Just yeah. to let our leaders talk about it. Right. And we had different perspectives. Right. He, the number one thing he said that, that resonates with what we're talking about here right now, he said he lost trust. That's right. And, and, and he recognized that when that happens, you can't lead. I think that's what he said. Yes. When, you, when the trust is gone, you can no longer lead effectively. And so, I, I, yeah, it, it is the foundation of everything. Think about you and I are going to leave here and we'll stop and grab, and, and, and grab some food. Some, Mexi we, some Mexican food. But we're going to walk Get into a right. restaurant. Yeah, some Mexican food. Patrick's best meal. So if you take Patrick out, Mexican food. We're going to walk into a restaurant and they're going to take us to a table and they're going to tell us to have a seat. We will sit in a chair that we that we have never sat in before. No, we don't look at how how much weight where it was made. We don't check the chair out at all. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. But we will check every human being out that we encounter. We want to know everything about them before we trust them. But we'll sit in chairs all day without ever really checking. We'll fly on airplanes. So trust is huge. But because we, a chair has always held us and has always done what it should have done, I will tell leaders. And, and, you know, I say this phrase everywhere that I go. Because our audio hasn't matched our video for so long, we have lost a lot of trust yeah. in all of our relationships. No, that's that's so right. And, and, and especially when people have become so skilled at simulating the audio and the video. Yes. To look and feel authentic. Yes. Technology has helped us. And this is what I really think when it's really not. Yes. Because if you if you know the person you're looking at them, you're like, that's not actually what you think yes. and what you what you believe. So I I love it. And I got I I so value the relationship that you and I have because we need people we can talk to that are that are different than us. Yes. And that um that are that are living experiences and working with people that we're not working with, seeing things we're not seeing, yes. uh, including ourselves. Yes. Like seeing me in a way that I can't see <laughs> yeah. me. Yes. Is really important. Yes. And I think you got to, as a leader, I'll use our company as an example. When we are working with a client and before the client actually hires us, I pull my entire team together and say, give me five reasons why they should hire us. I force our team to answer that question. From, and I said, you don't get to use how great you think we are. That's nice and that's cool. But what's the what's the real mm -hmm. reason, business case, they should? And I don't know if we do that enough. Why should someone, if people had to choose between two leaders, you and I are standing here, mm -hmm. and they only mm -hmm. get to choose one, you and I should have to answer the question, why should they choose me? Because leadership is not a right. It's an earned opportunity. Right. That's right. So what, we should always ask leaders, why should I be chosen? Why should people really depend on me to, to be their leader other than the company thought I was a phenomenal I person. really love that, Ron, and I'll give you an, an added dimension to it that Charles Weathers shared with me recently, in fact, on this show. And that is that sometimes I, not because of a lack of character or competence, but sometimes I'm not the person you should pick. Yes. So it is that relationship, that chemistry, that what can you bring that someone else can't bring, but in this time, in this moment for this, for this engagement. Yes. So, you know, for example, we, uh, Charles and I collaborated recently on a, on a blog about coaching and when, well, tell me about this coaching thing. Why people are like, what, what is the difference between a coach and a consultant? And some of these people have executive coaches. What exactly is that? And yes. how do I get one? And do I need one? And all this kind of stuff. And one of the things that, that Charles says is, you have to know when it's time to end a coaching relationship. Absolutely. And it's not all because of some toxicity or anything bad. Sometimes it's just, I'm not the right coach for you right now. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and a great coach should always be aware of that. Yeah. When, when have I gotten Patrick to where I can get him and look him in the face and say, this is not about business. This is about you. Yeah. This is the time I need to help you transition to the next person that I've gotten you to where I can get you to. Yeah. It's time for me to pass the baton. 
I don't think leaders pass the baton as soon as they should anymore. I think mm-hmm. leaders wait till they're exhausted and tired and, 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 and falling down in the race, and then they want to. We're required as leaders to pass the baton when we're at our best pace. I so agree with that. It, 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 it hurts the person that, that's going to be our successor if we pass the baton as we're falling down. It hurts the organization. Absolutely. Because the organization deserves a leader with as fresh and inspiring and compelling a vision yeah. as they had when they walked in the door. Absolutely. And we don't keep that forever. And the military did a great job. Every two years, they, they, they required That's us right. to move. That's right. Because they say, you've done what you need to do here. I need you to pass the guide on. Non-negotiable. Yeah. You knew that you were going to come in. And the day that you take over the organization, you're responsible for everything that, that the leader before you did or didn't mm-hmm. do. And you're going to take this organization for the next two years. Yep. And then you're going to transition. You're going to go somewhere else. And you, because it was about leadership, not about the title or your position or your skill set. It was strictly leadership. And a leader can be a leader anywhere. You know what we say in the nonprofit <laughs> sector? This, I bet this is true in the corporate <laughs> sector, too. You don't want to be the person that follows the 30-year executive director. Yes. You want to be the person that follows the person who follows the 30-year yes. director. Yes. Because more often than not, they're, they're going to not be there long. Yes, because 30 years of someone being somewhere, there's a lot you, you unfortunately, you're going to have to undo. There's a lot that, because that 30 years, people have gotten comfortable of the way it is and the way we do it. And yeah. now when I come in and I hold you accountable to do it the, the way that it should be done, yeah. I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Only because I'm holding you. And you're watching it in leadership all the time. And I, and I tell leaders all the time, hold people accountable to the real standard, not your personal bias or your standard because the, or hold them accountable to do it right. Because if, if you carry them too much and do it too much for them, if I follow behind you as their leader, they're not going to look as good anymore. Well, that's part of it. There is a lot that, that, that might need to be undone. There's also the flip side of it where you can't always live up to the iconic stature that the 30 year person has achieved in that community. They achieved it over 30 years. Yes. And, you know, they did it with relationships and with, you know, I walked in, I walked in, I followed one of those 30 yes. year people. And one of the things I said in the interview that really uh, the, the board, I think just, it really took them, uh, it really took them aback in a good way. Yes. It was like, wow, uh, that's a great question. And here was my question. You had these, um, you, they had a major giver society, yes. a major donor society. Mm-hmm. And I at, they, they were proud of how many they had in the society in this organization. Yes. It was one of the things as they were recruiting and interviewing me, they were like, now we have a big, large, you know, this is great. We have a fantastic, you know, we have 70 people that give over $10,000 or more, whatever, whatever the number was. And I said, well, I have a question about that. And they said, what's that? And I said, how many of those people gave because they believe in the organization and the mission versus how many of them gave because the current CEO asked them to? Because when the current CEO leaves, if they're not giving, if they, if they're given on a relationship basis and not an institutional or mission basis, you're not going to have 70 for very long. Yes. And I come here from another community and I don't have those really. And they were like, holy moly, what a revelation that these donors are not giving to the organization. They're giving to the CEO in, in a way. In well, no, a, in no, a, no. I mean, you don't even have to, you, I mean, you're exactly right, Patrick. I mean, at the end of the day, relationships matter. Yeah. I've, I've, I've donated or given. If you call and say, Ron, because of our relationship, I need this. The relationship equity is real. Yep. Oh it, yeah. It's real. Yeah. And because of the relationship, and that's why I tell people develop the relationship, develop the relationship because there's equity in that people check their credit score, but I check relationship scores. Mm. And so when you think about the relationship, how important, how valuable that is, for me as a business owner, I had to realize that people that we were hiring and bringing on board in our company, Patrick, there was, when I first started, I was hiring people, hiring people, and they were working for our money. I had to get to where I was beginning to get people that would work for our mission. Because when things get tough, if they're just working for the money, they're, they're looking for the next opportunity to make the money. But people that's working for your mission and your vision, yep. when things get tough, they help you figure out how to do it again. Well, I mean, there's tons of research out there. And those of us that are in the leadership cir- leadership circles know this. 
money is down the list. Yes. When it comes to motivating employees to engage. Yes. Um, there's a certain amount they got to have. Yes. And it is, a, it is obviously a motivator, but it is not one of the top drivers of engagement. It isn't. And it's not the top driver for commitment. But one of the top drivers is what you just mentioned, which is relatedness to the mission. Yes. Relatedness to the mission and the leader. If I feel a sense of identity and belonging with those two things, the money's not as. It's not. I mean, I think it gives them a chance to do something that, you know, I, did, I served in the military. It wasn't for, for the money. Right. And you just don't get wealthy in, in the military. Mm-hmm. And it was more about what can I do that was bigger than me? What can I do to mm-hmm. serve other people? That's right. And so you end up doing that. And most people that, that are veterans will tell you that they love doing the thing of, of making sure we provide and protect and, you know, the freedom piece of it. Mm-hmm. That we really believe in, in the free right of speech, the opportunity to be who you are. All those things are still super important to me. So in your company, in your organization, in your leadership role, what else are you providing other than money? At the end of the day, what is it that, that make people show up at your organization? That's important for me. And so when I think about all the projects that I'm doing, everything that I'm doing, if you were to say, Ron, how would you summarize your career, your time here in Columbia? What would you want to be remembered by? I say two things. People always matter. And I want it to just make a difference. Mm-hmm. If you don't remember my company name, I'm OK with that. If you don't remember what event I put on, I'm OK with that. But I definitely want to sink in that people always matter to me. And I just want to do something that makes a difference for those people that's in front of me. Which, and <laughs> you, you didn't, you didn't ask for this, but this is, this is where I mentioned your book because that's, that's, isn't that the title of the book? Yes. Make, just make a difference. Just make a difference is the, is the book. And we talked about your book on the show before <laughs> yes. about how simple it is and, but yet how powerful each page is and how it, I think you, I think you, what you accomplished with the book is that, you wrote it in a way that said the number of words is not what makes the difference. Yes. Yeah, the number of pages is not what makes the difference. Yeah. The content and what it does to make you think and dig deeper is what makes the difference. And it, yes. it, it, the book lives it. It's, yeah. You think for us as an organization, Patrick, you know, when you see me on screen or you, or you, you'll look at my business card, what's become evident for us. And we've had this motto is people always matter. No time more than, than now. Mm. Has that become so relevant? Mm-hmm. All people, because we're struggling with with who who matters today. Yeah, as a society across the board, and you can go any lane you want to go on. We're all trying to make sure that how do we make sure that we're talking inclusiveness, or we're talking diversity, or we're talking inclusion, or we're talking about equal rights, or we're talking whatever. It, it's all about people want to feel like they matter. Yeah, our company stands on that. Like, if we ever do something and you don't feel like you matter, let us know that. Because that that is what we do it for. We're not. Yeah, it's nice. We want to become, but we do it because we want you to understand if my company went away today, the question I would ask myself. Why would it matter? What would this community miss if Ron Harvey wasn't here? Yeah, because that'll get you out your own way. Because if if you and I disappeared today and the community didn't miss us, were we really adding value that we thought we were adding? Yeah, that's right. Well, an, another big driver of engagement is, in fact, the number one driver of employee engagement is an employee's relationship with their immediate supervisor. Yep. Do they do they have a relationship that is more than just a transactional one where you do this work and I give you this check? Yep. And I mean, it sounds simple. And we, I, we, some version of that has probably come up on, what, what did I say? We're, this is episode 42, probably, yes. probably 30 episodes <laughs> yes. that some version of this concept has come up. Yes. And yet over and over and over, we see it, we see a deficiency of it. Um, one of the things I, I asked, uh, um, some of my coaches a year or two ago, do you know the names of the children the people that work for you? Yes. Do you, do you, um, do you know their favorite sports teams and their, you know, what kind of music they like, you know, what kind of food, you know what they do for fun? Do you know, are they, are they hikers? Are they, like, what do they do? What do you know about them? Do you know what they actually stand for as people? Do you talk about that at all? Do you, you know, do you know where they live? 
Like, you know, these are, these are people we spend a huge chunk of our lives with working on a common vision and mission, hopefully, yes. theoretically. We don't, we don't, we don't know them. Which is, and they don't know us. Do they know, do they know the names of our kids and yes. our, you know, it's like, and why is that important? Because it's the human connection. Yeah. I think it's important. Like even when, when I showed up here for you today, you know, the first thing is, hey, is it okay that I'm parked in the driveway? Because I'm thinking if your wife has to come in, I'm not in her way. Yeah. Hey, how's the family? Yeah. How are the, yeah. All those things are, are who you are. Yeah. What we do is what we do, but it's not who you really are at the end of the day. And I'll tell you, the military did a phenomenal job of helping me know all those things. Those were questions that we had to be able to answer. Mm. Everybody that was on our team, their spouse name, their birth date, their anniversary, the kids, mm. their birthdays, what were they doing, what activities. Because if they miss something, I could say, hey, today is your kid's birthday. I need you to go and spend time with, with your kid. I need you to take your kid. I need you to go do whatever you had planned because I don't want, because if you don't do those things to help people go and not get caught up in work, the spouse or the kids will dislike the job because of the way the, the parent is acting by not showing up. So when, when I missed something in the military, they didn't, they didn't blame me. They blamed the job. And then they grew up hating your job because of the way you showed up. Yeah. Or didn't show up. Yeah. So be careful of how often you're using the job is the reason you're not showing up because the kid ends up not liking it or the spouse ends up not liking it or whoever you engage with. But here's something I think is important that, that you and I do really well. I'll tie it to technology. It's amazing how many people want to correct, make a correction on people without having an authentic connection with people. Mm. They'll walk in and, and want to give you feedback or, or want to adjust something with you, but don't have a real relationship. And it just doesn't land well. Right. And I tell people, I say, well, here's technology, 5G. Everybody wants 5G on their phone. Leaders have to elevate to 5G connection now. They're dropping signals every single day throughout the day in organizations. by Not mm. speaking to people, not being approachable, not being accessible, not really listening. Where are you dropping the signal? And we all drop signal. You got a cell phone, you didn't drop signal and lost a call. How many times have you lost a call or lost a connection with someone that you're leading and you're still trying to lead them without reconnecting? Yeah. And you're wondering why it's not landing. Lost connection. Yeah. You work, you're working off a 2G, a 2G. <laughs> but we'll, and I don't know if we pause long enough to realize, you know what? Something's off with, with me and Patrick. What is that? Let me, let me reconnect. Let me, let me, mm -hmm. I was on a call the other day and this, this leader was saying how she couldn't connect with the person she was leading and she corrected herself. I say, that's the beauty. Where do you make the adjustment? Because mm. if your job is to serve, then as the server, you got to make an adjustment. Yeah. It's always the other person. Yeah. You know, it's always the other person. It's their, <laughs> it's their fault. It's their issue. I, you know, I, I try to help people with um, conflict management on what I call the 60% rule. Yes. You know, as people say, well, you know, if they would just meet me halfway, yeah. I tell them, don't meet them halfway. You go further. Yes. And then if I'm talking to the other person involved in the conflict, I tell them the exact same thing. Yeah. Both of you have to go 60%, not 50%. Yes. If you both go 60%, you'll get there. Yes. Meet people where they are. Yeah. Meet them beyond, like you go the extra yes. because you are the only person in that relationship that you control. Yep. <laughs> yes. That's it. So. So do what you can. Yeah, which is a question for us. You know, I, I, I use marriage in conversations and always, you know, I'll be in a room and people talking about compromise and, and meeting people where they are. I, and I, I'll ask the question, how many people are married in the room? They'll say, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I say, how many people ever got married to be miserable? <laughs> and nobody takes nobody debate on that. There. No one takes debate on that. <laughs> they, wanna, they don't want to have a, a you know, disagreement when they get home. I said, so if that's the case, nobody takes a job to be miserable. Mm. Nobody does. Yeah. Why don't you compromise to be happy then? Why why don't you go to extra dentists as a leader? Yeah. Why don't you ask the extra question as a leader? You know, one of the things that I do in our organization, I try to teach leaders all the time, is we're always working towards a yes. Always. We're, we're, how do we get to a yes in this? You know, if someone on our team told a client no just for the heck of it, like, hey, no, we can't do that. I would probably stop the conversation. Hey, time out. Let us figure out if, if we can and if not, who can. Mm. But we don't just say no. And in our company, that's helped us so much because we always have the mindset of how do we get to a yes? 
in my marriage? How do I get to a yes with the kids? How do I get to a yes in our friendship? How do I get to a yes? You know, I was supposed to be on over, you know, a week ago. Couldn't make it. Um, got ill and couldn't make it. And, say, and you say, hey, Ron, can we do this? I let me forget a yes, Patrick. Literally, without saying that to you, that's my process. How mm -hmm. do I get this to a yes? Mm -hmm. And if we did that in more of our relationships as leaders, it'll change everything that we're doing in our organization. Yeah. And when you say, how do we get to yes? There's two, there's two sides of that because part of that sounds like, like the, the sales orientation, right? How do yes. I get you to a yes? I'm yes. trying to sell you something. Yes. But the other is how can I get myself to yes for you? Yes. Which was what you're talking yes. about. And I, I heard that at a parenting class once yep. that if you, if your kids ask you for something, always say yes, unless there's a really good reason to say no. Yeah. I Just mean, say more. Yes. Because there's something, there's something psychological about the yes. And, but we don't as parents, I didn't as, as a, I mean, I failed miserably at that. I was like, no, why? Cause I said so. Right. Yes, yes. Um, or we come, yes. we make up a reason why we don't want it. Why do, why do we want to do that? Why don't we want to say no? Like it must be bad because you're, mm. but, but if we can, if we can get ourselves to more yeses, why would we, if we can have a good reason to say that's, that's not going to happen. And here's why. All right. If we can't come up with that. Yeah. How do we get ourselves to yes more it's often? It's amazing. You know, um, we have a grandson that's in the, in, in the area. Our son and his wife had a kid and he's he's learning how to be this, this parent. So it's it's fun watching. And he'll just <laughs> say no. For I say, I say, so if you said yes, what would that do for him? Yeah. Well, he'll get his way. I say, and how would that impact him? Hmm. Well, dad, I said, I'm just asking a question. Yeah. Well, he'll always expect to get his <laughs> yes. way. And that's not how life is, dad. <laughs> exactly. I say, so you think that this one time when he's, he's one year old, that him to get a, a, a snack or whatever it is that you give him is going to transform into he always has his way. He said, yeah, dad, I'm going to have to learn how to do this, this dad thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I learned how to do it. You know when I learned how to do it? When I had a grandkid. <laughs> I think all, we all learn we got grandkids. That's it's why I say grandkid. Yes, it's too late. <laughs> yes, I think uh, as leaders, man, how, how do you get to a yes for the people that you serve? And my pop, my definition of leadership, you always know for me is serving those that that depend on me the most when they need me the most. Mm. That that's really what I because it, it's when you need me that that I want to be there. And all the other times, I think I've given you enough to be successful. Say, say it again. Yeah. For, so for me, for leadership is is serving those that depend on me the most when they need me the most. That's what I really thrive off of. That's where I really want to show up. So when my kid comes and, and they can't figure it out or when they're struggling and they're having a bad day, that's when I want to be at 100 percent. All the other times I can stay on reserve. I can just sit back and they got it. They got it. They got right. it. It's when when they're struggling and they're, they're stressed out and they're frustrated that I want to be able to fill in that space long enough for them to cross over the bridge and then move out the way. Again. That's, I didn't want that to just pass over as a soundbite. That was so good. That's yeah. why I asked you to say it again. And, and man, I mean, what a, what a real leadership thing, you know, we, we, you've heard this people join companies and they leave managers. Yes. And the, but when they do leave the managers, oftentimes they, they aren't even sure that's why they're leaving. Yes. They haven't told, they haven't told themselves that story. They tell yes. them, oh man, a two minute long hours and, and nobody does what they're, you know, and the, and the, it's just, it's hot and it's, you know, I don't have a, it's, I have to walk a mile. Well, all the, th all the reasons why the job is bad. Yes. That is not why they're leaving. Yes. Not, not usually. Yes. Because yes. usually people will find a way to engage and get fulfillment if they have that relationship with the leader. Yeah. And if you make it, I mean, I'm doing a lot of work around the health of an organization and I shared with the organization. We we're doing some work last week and I, and I just had everybody that was participating, Patrick. I'm in the moment all the time. I'm never really, it's, it's, I, I have a slide and, and you hear me say this language when I'm doing workshops for our, our clients. I say the slide is a guy. Don't get caught up in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard you say that many times. So yeah. we're going to have the real conversation. And, and when I was in the room, I said, I said, I want to ask you guys a question before we really get started. I said, I'm gonna ask you one question. I want you to write your answer down on paper. Don't don't share it with anybody. Write it on, fold it up, and I'm gonna let my team collect it. I said, how many people feel safe enough to say what you need to say to make this organization successful without feeling threatened? Just write yes or no. I said, fold it up, hand it over to the, the person that's on our team. I said, now just just so you can do a survey publicly, what would y'all say the number is gonna be once we get the count? Oh, we're going to be great. We're 80, 20. We, we really trust each other. We can say whatever, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, cool. I say, all of you guys agree 80, 20. They said, yeah. 
I said, what are the numbers? I said, Mr. Harvey, 3070. <laughs> and the room just fell on awkward silence. I say, when you're at 3070, you don't really have a team. Mm. You have a group of people trying to get stuff done. As individuals. As individuals. <laughs> you really don't trust each other. Because mm -hmm. you can't say, I, I say the question was very specific. You would say what should be said to make this team better. 70% of you said you don't feel safe enough to say that, which means you don't get better. That's rich. And, and, and that's why I think organizations got get to the place. Who's holding you back from getting successful, being successful or reaching your real potential because the organization health is not there. Yeah. It's not safe to do it. Yeah. And I, again, I go back to how global is that? Sure. You know, it, there, there's a psyche in our country right now that is not good. Yes. And it's been this way for a while and you can go back to, you know, you can go back to whenever everybody's got their point where they say, well, it started here, you know, and it started there. And, um, and it just seems to get, you know, worse and worse. Yeah. And, you know, um, I mean, how many, you go through all these presidents and everyone says, Oh, I wish we had Bill Clinton again, or, <laughs> Oh, I wish we had George Bush again, or, Oh, you know, and, and every, you know, and, and when they were there, yes, you know, you were saying, Oh, I wish we had Ronald Reagan again. I wish we had John Kennedy yeah. again. I so there's always this, um, this level of that, but the, the level it's reached now is now where it's, it's soaking down into companies and organizations and families Yes, uh, to a level where that trust and, and, and I love what you're talking about. Trust the trust to be able to be real with each other. Yes. That trust to have that conversation. I mean, think about it if we didn't have a relationship and some of the conversation we had, we wouldn't have them. If we didn't have trust. It was just, Hey, here's what I see here without anybody taking it personal or anybody taking it as though you're, you're this thing or a bias or, or racist or, or whatever you may get called out of that conversation. But can we make each other better? And it's hard to make each other better. if We can't have that real conversation. Yeah. That doesn't mean be mean to people. That doesn't mean be rude and be aggressive with people. But all the bills said, I say, Hey Patrick, here's what I did see, but here's what I didn't see. Yeah. You know, I had someone, you know, on my call on Monday mornings do a capabilities brief. Had three companies do the capabilities brief as part of what we're trying to make businesses better so they can they can stay legit. They can stay in business and they can make a profit. I said, you got to be able to talk about what you're capable of. They went through and they did the briefings and they said, give us feedback. People were so timid of giving feedback. I said, I have two questions. Why would you hire them? And what else do you need to know more about before you hire them? So I didn't want it to be you wouldn't hire them. I wanted to make it safe for it. What else do you need to hear to make a better decision right. about hiring? Right. Appreciative inquiry. Yeah, appreciative yeah. inquiry. What, what, what's going to get us there? Yeah. People struggle at giving feedback today mm -hmm. because it's, it's received wrong or delivered wrong before, but that's not golden opportunity for you and I to get better. How do we make each other better? You know, one of the things that's important for you and I and for the people that are listening, regardless of what happens in the country, you and I have a relationship, and I've said this to you before. No matter who's president, who's not president, no matter who's leading in the country, or who's the governor, who's the mayor, our relationship ought to be able to come to the table and, 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 and model what we think it ought to look like so mm -hmm. our community sees it. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff can be changed if we do it in the community. Yeah. And it, it may trickle up versus we waiting for it to trickle down. What, what do we, people want to change the world or change the country but most people won't even change who's sitting at their dinner table. Mm. So how do you want to change the country, but you won't change what's happening in your own block? Yeah. I think that's, I think that's being hypocritical. I think that's, that's not really modeling what you expect. You're just criticizing what you see. I think it's Marshall Goldsmith that I've uh, heard this concept, the concept of feed forward yeah. instead yes. of feedback. Yes. Um, and, and that, when you said, how do we help each other get better? That's that concept of feed forward. Yes. We can feed back and say, Hey, you know, the last year, uh, you know, it's what we do performance appraisals. Yes. We, we feed back. It's history. We, it's history. <laughs> like, and most of the time it's a big surprise for the employee. What do you mean? I'm not good at communications. Like that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> you know, you, you've never, you've never told me that before. All right. And so it's this surprise, which means there's something terribly gone wrong in the leadership process. But um, to me, performance appraisals, 
that's fine. Give, give a rating, put it in your file. Um, but, but take the formal time that you've got carved out for it to talk about next year. Yes. That's where you're, that's where you should focus your conversation. We do the same thing with boards. You go to a board meeting and, and 90% of the meeting is someone talking to the board about what's already happened. I'm having that conversation right now with a lot of boards. I say, guys, you're an active board moving the ball forward versus looking at the scoreboard. Yeah. What do you mean? What are we going to say in here that's going to give them something to do for the next month? Not what are we going to talk about? Because once it's done, we're not going to, anything we say in this room is not going to change any of that stuff. Yeah. So I'm glad we take 10 minutes to, to regurgitate this. Yeah. But I want to spend the next 45 minutes exactly. giving them some concepts and ideas and strategies and, What's and next? tips to move us forward. And, and so many people, for leaders that do appraisals, I tell people at the end of the year, I should already know what I have. And, show should, and, show, and you should as well as my leader because you've talked to me every quarter. So when I was in, in those roles of leading people, I talked to you every quarter. Hey, Patrick, here's where we are. Here, if I had to rate you today, here's what I'd rate you. Since I don't, here's some things that I think that we want to focus on so you can get, what do you want this rating to be? I want it to be this. Okay, let's talk about what you need to do for that to be that. Because I want you to actually get, as a rater, I always saw myself as a recorder, Patrick. And people are like, what do you mean? I only record what happens or doesn't happen. You perform, I record. Yeah. As a raider, I just record it. I say, so if you do it, I'll give it to you. If you don't do it, I'm going to give that to you. Yeah. My, my thing is the rating should never be a surprise. Never. If the rating is a two, we've been talking about it for yes. a, like, you You know, when you get there, you walk in and go, and I know, I know the rating on this is going to be <laughs> yes. a two because he's already told me yes. like we've been through, you know, I've already experienced, I know I'm, I know I'm <laughs> deficient in this area. Yes. I give myself a two yeah. because that communication that's has been, been there the whole time. And, Absolutely. and that's, that's, that's the biggest problem is when you get there and there are surprises in the radius. So I'm just calling it like I see it. Well, once a year is when you're calling it. <laughs> yes. Like I need that feedback a little, you know, yeah. that way we can spend this time getting better. Just Yeah. Getting better. Yeah. Leading forward. Man, um, so seriously, like, let's do this more often. I'm I, I love it. I think it's great. Um, I, um, you know, you, you've heard enough of the episodes to know the format of this show, but every once in a while, I think it's good to, th- this actually was us practicing what we're preaching about this going off script. Yes. And let's just, let's just have a conversation about leadership. And uh, generally, because of the circles you and I run in, we're going to have some content that's going to strike with somebody. Yes, yes. And I, and hopefully that's the case. Yeah, I, I think the conversation that we can, what I love about when we come together is we have conversations and model what we think needs to be modeled. And, and mm-hmm. we're two business owners and we're in different circles, but we also have a lot of people in common that we can show them what we do and how we do it. I'm a diversity and inclusion guy, hands down, and that's not how I grew up, but that's what I model now. Let's do an episode on that. Yes, I'd be happy to. You know why? Because, well, I mean, we've talked about diversity and inclusion with with some of the people that have been on the show, but we haven't had an episode about it. Yes. And I have questions about it, and I have thoughts about it, yes. and I know you do, and you're in the space of helping people with it. And, and I am sort of, but I, I tell people all the time, I got a, I actually got a request, um, not long ago, uh, Hey, we're looking for a diversity, equity and inclusion, you know, consultant. And you know, you, we wanted to send you this RFP and I said, I'm not an expert on diversity, equity, yes. inclusion. I'm not who you want. Yes. I I'm all for it. I believe I'm, <laughs> I'm rooting for you, yes. but I'm not the expert. I don't know. And yes. I, I don't know enough. And yeah. I, so I'm in this space of well, what do I need to know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I also have some perspective on it and let's talk about it. Cause I think people, I think for one thing, I think it would be helpful for people to hear a, a real conversation about it and, yes. um, let's, let's go there and be, um, you know, be open about it. But it also is, I think the reason it would be good to do an episode on this and, and maybe we can bring several people on yes. the episode. Yes. Like I, we could make this, I, I've been thinking about this a lot is, um, uh, having a, uh, doing an episode or two where there's, well, I've done it once actually. I had three, I had three people on that were co-authors yes. of a book. I did it once, but I think it'd be a great sort of group discussion, panel discussion, yes. um, maybe on the podcast, maybe even a series because it is a big deal right now. Every yeah. organization I'm working with, I told you this before yes. we, you know, play the intro music, every organization I'm working with, every single one of them, 
has diversity, equity, and inclusion on their radar, yes. if not in their strategic plan, in their value statement, or in their, you know, full on, in some of them in their mission work, it is yes. their, in their mission work. And, um, so it's a, it's a, it's a learning space, I think for everybody. Yes. And it's, I know it's a learning space for a lot of our listeners and, and, uh, the organizations that I work with because they want to do it and do it right, but they don't know how either. Yeah. And, they, and, and it's, and it's, it's scary. Let's just be real. Mm -hmm. If I'm a white male, I don't, I can't afford to mess it up. You really, as, as a white, you can't afford to mess it up and you can't afford to be silent anymore. Mm -hmm. Silence means that you're a problem. Yeah. Before that wasn't the case. So the landscape has changed and one wrong word can end your entire career. Yeah. So it is scary. I don't know what to say. I don't know when to say it. I don't know. Should I say something? Should I ask something? Should I do something? Yeah. Here's the reality for all of us that are, and all the people that are listening. You're not going to be able to talk your way through this. You're going to have to act your way through it. That's right. So what are the activities and the actions that you can actually do? And you're not going to be able to do everything and you're not going to be able to make everybody happy, but you can make some movement. Mm -hmm. So what are the actions that you can take? Can you invite someone to dinner? Can you have that, that scary conversation? Can you look at your hiring practices? What are the things that you can actually do to start moving the needle? And it's going to take it's if you're on this for the short journey, don't get on it. This is a marathon. Yep. We'll be this time next year. We've made some progress and, and we have. I, I don't want anybody to think we haven't made progress. Yes, we have made progress, but we still got a lot that we all got to do together. And it's really going to take all of us to do it together. Yeah. There are times when I'm going to advocate for you and there are times when I'm going to need you to advocate for me. Mm. This is not a the black people are going to fix it or the white person is going to fix it or the woman is going to fix it or the LBG. It's going to take every single one of us to be on board, to fix this together because it's our, our issue. It's not a, just a black issue or female issue or white guys issue or Lexington or Columbia. It's a, our community issue. And until we get to the place where the person that's least impacted cares just as much about this as the person that's most impacted, it won't get fixed. It will never get fixed. Um, what I love about what you just said is that the magic is in the doing it. Yes. We, 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 we're about to have the say in it down. Yes. Don't you think yes. like uh, now, now let's get to now. Not everyone has the say in it down and you're, but you're right. The silence, it, silence is not acceptable anymore. And what concerns me about that is not that silence isn't acceptable anymore, but I, I want to see us get to a place where action is, is the antithesis of the silence. Yes. Not that words are the antithesis yes. of the silence, yes. but that action actually breaks the silence, that that's what speaks. Yes. People, your audio is a lot louder because of technology. It's our true. video is much louder than, I mean, people will, when people see a video, you'll watch people watch stuff without a sound in the back. Here's what a good friend of mine said, um, and she's out of Atlanta. And she said it, and I, and I leveraged her name, is Cornelia Berryman or Shipley. She says, you can't talk your way out of something you behave your way into. <laughs> and she's absolutely right. Mm. There's just been a lot of bad behavior across the board mm. that we're going to have to also behave our way out of. So good. So good. All right. Let's have that episode. <laughs> I'll be happy to. First, let's have some Mexican food. Yes. Maybe a, mar maybe a margarita or something <laughs> like that too. Ron, um, I, I admire you. I respect you. I appreciate you. I mean that genuinely. Yes. I, thanks for coming over again. And, um, thanks for the friendship, Mike, Thank because, you. um, we, we all, we all need that, that those kinds of relationships. It, it's I'm, I'm, mutual. I'm blessed and fortunate and I appreciate it. Appreciate all you do. Thank you, you. you inspire me, make me richer. <laughs> um, and hopefully, uh, Hopefully a lot of people hear this episode because this is this is one of my favorites. You know, I get to have my own favorites. All right, folks, lead on. 